Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So this was about four years ago. I went over to my friend's house for my first sleepover there, ever, and... Quite honestly, I was dreading it, as I suffer from extreme separation anxiety, so I was already nervous. But it started off normal, my friend and I were basically just chatting all night. Though at about 11.30 at night, we heard the kitchen door open. But we were sleeping in a room connected to the kitchen, so if you were standing in the kitchen, you could see us. In walks my friend's dad, and he stood there to see if we were awake, and like... Any 12-year-old, we would pretend that we were asleep. Once his dad was sure that we were asleep again, we saw him open the pantry door and step inside, leaving a small gap just big enough to look out and watch us. Both me and my friend saw this, and after about 15 minutes of dead silence, I whispered to my friend asking what his dad was doing. He said that he wasn't sure and that he'd never done this before. After about 45 minutes of him staying in there... Me and my friend started having doubts about what we saw, so I volunteered to go and get myself a drink of water, which I would need to walk past the pantry to do. I got up and I walked past the door and sneakily looked inside as I walked past. And sure enough, he was still standing in there. I went back and told my friend and we both just lied there in silence until about 10 minutes later... The pantry door opens and he walks out and goes to bed. Me and my friend were really freaked out, but eventually we fell asleep from tiredness. We both remember it though, and I have slept there since, but he's never done the same thing since then. In fact, his dad has always been really nice. And I guess that this leaves me to wonder, since it was so dark, if it was actually his dad at all. Maybe, maybe it was somebody else. So if you don't know what a workaway is, it's basically an organization that enables people to volunteer abroad to help others in need in exchange for food and shelter. 
most often than not, people on Workaway decide to help others abroad to travel to exotic places. The people that hire Workaway volunteers are often families, couples, or elderly people that are too busy for basic chores and therefore decide to shelter Workaway volunteers to take care of these basic things. This means that complete strangers, aka the Workaway volunteer and the host or hosts, will be living together for an extended period of time. And this is where things can go south. So for context, I'm 18 and this happened to me just a couple of months ago. It was my first time doing a Workaway and after the two days of just trying it out, I'm 100% sure that I don't want to ever do it again. It was one of the most traumatizing events of my life, in fact, that I'll remember till the day that I die. Also, I'm a female, and for context's sake, I've always received compliments on my body ever since I hit puberty, so I'd say that I'm definitely on the attractive side. I'm not trying to big note myself, but it just is what it is. Not to say, too, that it's always been rainbows and sunshines for me on an emotional level. But anyway... One day while browsing on Workaway, I received a direct message from an offer of an elderly couple that needed help with gardening chores. The account that messaged me had its first name set as Enzo, so I assumed it was the husband that was hiring the Workaway volunteers. Upon inspecting his profile picture though, I realized that it was a selfie of him with a much younger woman, maybe in her early 20s if I had to guess. She wasn't even smiling and didn't look like she was even acknowledging that she was in the guy's selfie. I don't think too much of it though and I then read their description. Couple looking for some gardening help, very beautiful view on the ocean, looking for young and strong workaways for help. Don't forget that swimsuit. There was also a winking smiling face at the end which made it a little creepy but I probably thought the guy was old and just trying to be funny. They had pictures of the house that seemed like a charming one with a pool and a nice view on the beach. It looked like paradise and it had a pretty good rating so in the end I accepted. All of it was in South Italy too and looked to be overall a really nice place to stay. And all in all I was actually pretty excited. But fast forward and I arrive at the place, it's kind of like in the pictures, except that the garden totally has run down as if someone had actually destroyed it. Anyway, I get introduced to Enzo first. He's poorly dressed and I immediately notice that he's a little socially awkward, but I think that that's just because he can barely express himself in English. I ask him where his wife is, to which he responds that she actually died about a week ago because of cancer. On the spot, I am immediately heartbroken and I give him my condolences, though I'm a little skeptical because... You don't just die of cancer in your 20s. Maybe they broke up and he just didn't want to admit it. I don't know, but he seemed like he was lying about something. And as I'm saying, I'm really sorry for his loss. He looks down as if he was crying. So I sort of awkwardly, not really out of sympathy, decide to give him a hug. While we're hugging though, I notice that his hands are a little low down my back, barely touching my butt. I was wearing a sundress, so I really felt it, but I didn't think too much of it again and just sort of brushed it off because it was old and rather short. But this behavior didn't go unnoticed, and it was definitely the first red flag for me. When we go inside and he starts showing me around the house, he keeps telling me that there's a pool in the garden if I want to swim. 
and he tells me this about three times. It's getting on my nerves, in fact. He shows me my room, and it's a big room with a view on the backyard pool and the beach and whatnot. He had showed me his room, which had the same view. And once in my room, though, he also mentions that there's mice in the attic above my room that sometimes make noise at night. I tell him, oh, really? And he just doesn't answer. I sort of awkwardly look out the window, and after a long awkward pause of me looking outside the window and turning back to him to compliment the view, he eventually leaves my room without saying anything. I thought that maybe he didn't hear me, but whatever, I suppose. Fast forward to the next day, and I'm working on the garden, cutting bushes and watering the plants, while he's out on the porch behind me laying down and taking a nap, or I thought so at least. It was a pretty hot day that day, so I was just wearing a bikini and a baggy old shirt on top. While I'm bending over to water some smaller plants in the back, I can't help but notice though that his eyes are open, looking right at me. I'm not that sure that he's watching me though, so I decide to go to water the plants next to him and pretend that I think that he's sleeping. I bend over and pretend that I'm picking up something from the soil. I'm aware that my breasts are more or less left exposed through the baggy shirt that I was wearing. I quickly glance in his direction and see that his old eyes are wide open and locked directly onto my breasts. A little disgusted now, I stand up and walk towards the side of the house where he can't see me. A couple of moments after that, he goes back inside and I start to get a little suspicious about this guy, but I couldn't really blame him. I mean, after all, his wife was allegedly dead or broken up. And it wasn't the first time that a guy had looked at me like that. But I take this as a second red flag, though. On the second day, Enzo had given me permission to take the day off, so I decided to wander off to the beach. It was fun, too, and especially beautiful, but it was a little too sunny, so I decided to go back into the backyard near the pool and under the shade of the trees. When I come back, Enzo was walking towards me with swimming goggles in his hand and suddenly tells me that there's small rocks in the pool that I should pick up because he's too old to go that deep in the water. That's when I thought that he was a little odd. Firstly, who has small rocks not so randomly scattered in their pool floor? And second, who owns a pool and doesn't he have a perch to like, get small leaves and insects out of the water anyway? But put on the spot, I just decided to do the job. I was already in a swimsuit anyway, so why should I not do it? I put on the goggles, go inside the water, and I pick the rocks up. While I'm doing this, he's just sort of standing there, watching me do it. But in the water, I faintly hear the iPhone's recording sound, and while going back up out of the water, after picking up the last rock, I notice him on his iPhone for the first time. He was holding it in the water with both hands as if he was zooming in on me. It was just too obvious and I tell him that I'm done and ask him what's on his phone. He replies that he's using it to zoom in the water because it's waterproof and he can use it to see the rocks in the water. At the time too, I told him that it was a great idea, though I obviously didn't believe it one bit. This was the third red flag and right then and there I make up my mind to leave early because... I really don't feel safe around this guy. I ask him for a towel though since I forgot one and he quickly jerks away to get one in the house. 
while I look at the sea in front of me, I wait for a good five minutes before he hands me a towel. And that's when I suspected that he was most likely watching me from the upstairs window before actually getting a towel. But I dry myself off and I get to my room to take a nap because after all of that, I was pretty exhausted. Once in my room though, I look for a possible hidden camera because I started to doubt Enzo. Fortunately though, I found nothing, so I locked my door, took a shower and I went to sleep. I wake up at around 7 and for some reason I can't find Enzo anywhere in the house. It's dinner time, so I just decide to start cooking. I call him out for dinner and he finally shows up. I ask him where he was, to which he responds that he was in his room. Again though, this was a complete lie since I walked past his empty room on like several occasions. We had dinner though and he kept telling me how good I was. I kept telling him with everything that's left in me that I was flattered to which he responds back with an old creepy smile. And that night I had some trouble sleeping. I had obviously locked my door and thus felt safe but it was just a, an unusually hot summer night I think. But before coming here, I had this habit of sleeping naked that I stopped doing once I came here for obvious reasons. I opened the windows to get some fresh air, but that still didn't help. So I ended up subsiding to some old habits and decided to take off my pajamas to sleep naked. I instantly fell asleep after that, but then I awoke at around 3am to some noises coming from the ceiling. It was sort of like a faint old wood cracking maybe. I open my eyes and I look at the ceiling above me and that's when, in the dark, between the planks, I faintly see a set of eyes looking directly at me. I lock eye contact with Enzo, who is in the attic, and get into full panic mode but I'm paralyzed with fear so I don't move. I pretend that I'm looking at the left side of the ceiling and then I close my eyes my breasts are completely exposed to this creep now, so I decide to turn to my side and move up the blanket to cover up, and for the rest of the night, I'm just too scared to open my eyes or move. So I just stay there, paralyzed in fear, until some sunlight finally reaches me. Morning came, and I was more than ready to just get out of here, and when it was six in the morning, I just quickly packed my stuff and left the house running. I waited at the train station to get to the nearest airport and thank God that I came out unharmed. That guy, whoever he really is, was a twisted and seriously sick pervert. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, 
You can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I remember back in the days of middle school, I had a really creepy neighbor. We lived like three minutes away from the high school that I would be attending in the future too. My brother, on the other hand, was already graduated from his high school and he used to walk there pretty much every day. My brother, on the other hand, was already graduated and he would be walking there every day. We lived next to his maths teacher at the time and nothing was weird about him at first. My dad and this neighbor, his name was Rob, said hi to each other pretty much every evening but that was basically it. My dad and Rob barely spoke to each other but mainly because my dad is pretty antisocial. I got dropped off by my bus from the middle school that I was attending and Rob had two girls who were in the same grade as I. I never really spoke to them though, mainly because they always ran home for some weird reason. But I was walking home, minding my own business, just listening to Falling in Reverse, and Rob approaches me. I was right in front of my house when he addressed me by my name. I thought him knowing my name was a bit strange, but I just figured that my dad had told him my name at some point, or my brother mentioned me in class for some reason. Rob asked me if I saw his kids get off the bus, and... I told him that I did because they always book it past me off the bus to get home. And right when I told him that, he kept walking closer to me. I was obviously backing away because I got a really weird feeling in my stomach. I was sort of frozen, even though I was right in front of my house. I had no idea what to do, to be honest. Rob then asks if I could help him find his kids because they never came home. I stood my ground, though, when I told him that I saw both of his kids go inside the house. Rob then just sort of stares at me intently and asks why I never talk to him since we live next door to each other. But before I could answer, my dad was standing outside and said, Get inside now, honey. The neighbor Rob quickly turned away and he went into his house without looking at my dad. I'm not a spiritual person by any means, but my dad, he was supposed to be at work that day. I would have been home alone if he didn't call in because he got sick the night prior. But I still get chills thinking about what might have happened if my dad wasn't home. Another weird coincidence too is that my dad was sitting in the spare room of the house that has a good view of the front porch. He usually doesn't sit in that room and if he hadn't decided to have sit in that room on that day, he might not have saw me being approached by our creepy neighbor the way that he did. So I've worked at a few nursing homes, but one of them is much more memorable than the rest. I had uh, many encounters there. I'll name a few though. So I was working night shift during all of these, and one time in the middle of the night, a chair alarm and a wheelchair started going off. Mind you, it's sitting in the middle of the empty hallway, and when I go to check it out, it's definitely shut off, but it went off a few more times before... It finally stopped. Another time was with an elderly lady and for some reason her call light just kept going off. I asked her if she needed anything and she repeatedly told me that she was fine. Then I finally asked her why she was pressing her call light and she told me in Spanish, it isn't me, I don't even have the button with me, look it's over there. These children won't stop pressing it, I've told them to behave, they keep jumping in and out of the window and they're being very bad. 
Her call light ended up near the window, and it definitely couldn't have been her too because she actually had no legs. Needless to say, I was a little freaked out by that one, but I believed her. These elderly people, they can see things. And sometimes they would tell me too that a man in black was walking the halls. Another lady called me in in the middle of the night telling me to tell that man in the black to go away and stay out of her room. She was really, really scared too. And at this facility, we had a hospice room where one would go when they were about to pass away. And one night I was so tired that I decided to take a nap on my break. And well, this room was empty and had a nice recliner, so I decided to use it. I wish I could say that something scary happened, but it didn't. All I got was just this really weird, overwhelming feeling of peace, like everything in the world was okay. I suddenly started to smell flowers as well, and quite honestly, it was the best nap I've ever had. I never felt scared like I was in danger, just sort of accepted that it was haunted. I don't know... It was weird, and when I think back on it, I, I can't help but remember that smell. So many people had passed away in this facility too, and in this particular room, and it still freaks me out. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. So I'll start by saying that my family is no stranger to weird paranormal happenings. I may share more about those as I remember them fully, but this is meant to be more of a detailed explanation of a situation that... I've shared previously, so I'll only be listing the things that I believe are related. During the winter of 2009, there was a big snowstorm that hit my small Oklahoma town. If you know how the southern states deal with snow, then you understand that this is a pretty big deal. The snowstorm knocked out the power off and on over the period of a, a few days, I think. And this instance happened when the storm first hit. So my brother, my girlfriend at the time, a couple of friends and I had pretty much been snowed in. The power was hanging in there at this point. I had made my daughter some chicken nuggets for dinner and she was sitting in her high chair just eating them. She had been eating for a few minutes when she sort of stiffened in a silent scream and stared onto the long hall that reached the length of my house. Instantly, the energy in the house had changed too. But there was almost a, a buzzing in the air if that's the right way to put it. But my friend, my brother and I jumped up and we put ourselves between the girls and whatever had scared my daughter like this. After she saw something, she thrashed her chicken nuggets off of the high chair, trying to get out so my then girlfriend grabbed her and was now holding her. We could all feel something looking at us. We assumed maybe someone had walked through the back door at the end of the hall, but we 
couldn't see anything. Then my daughter started to scream crying at a man over and over. Now, the friend that was there with us was actually a skeptic. He didn't believe in anything paranormal up until this incident. But the buzz in the air finally died down. We asked my daughter about what she saw and the best that she could tell us through baby talk was that it looked like daddy with long wet hair like mummy. Obviously it wasn't that clear but I'm translating from a toddler, a little kid. But this was just the start. A few days later, my daughter started having nightmares about what she called the blue eyes. The best that we could gather was that this was a, a group of kids and all she could see was their blue eyes. One night, I woke up from a deep sleep and I saw someone standing behind my fan. They were kind of hunched over, looking between the blades. Then I suddenly heard my daughter start crying at the top of her lungs. The figure quickly dusted away and I use the word dusted because it was like the person just sort of came apart. Normally I would assume that this was just a lucid dream or something but my daughter happened to cry in the middle of it right at that point. I don't know. I jumped up to check on her though and as soon as she saw me she said the blue eyes made the baby on fire. And this was word for word minus the baby talk. At this point, I reached out to a family friend. She made me a bag to sew into my daughter's teddy bear and I did it. My daughter's nightmare stopped and we didn't have any more related incidents after that too. Myself and the girlfriend broke up a few years later and I moved to Texas and had some roommates but only had visitation with my daughter. Nothing that happened ever seemed as if it was related to the earlier incidences so I pretty much forgot about it. In this house in Texas, I started having issues with sleep paralysis though. I would occasionally wake up and see a big pair of chattering teeth in my closet and wouldn't be able to move. Eventually, I would always doze back off, but it was freaky. I've told other people before that at first, I never thought that it bothered my stepson. But upon speaking about it to my wife last night, she thinks that it may have. A few years after the sleep paralysis, my wife and my stepson came into my life. My stepson would often have nightmares, but one night he complained of being scared to sleep. This is normal because he's only three, but we asked him why and he told us, there are scary teeth in my closet. I know not necessarily related, but I thought that it was worth mentioning. Years after that though, we now have a three-year-old girl. She's very smart and advanced, pretty fast with her speech, so she was pretty much understandable just before her second birthday. And she has always had issues with sleep. She started telling her things about a baby scaring her when she was sleeping. A little while later, she started talking to us about random things. And one day, she's riding in a car seat, and she tells us that she saw me last night, but I was apparently a spirit... She starts referring to this spirit as Spirit Daddy and apparently she follows Spirit Daddy around the house as he and his friends with blue eyes go into each of her siblings' rooms and jump and play. They crawl on the walls and play on the beds, then go to the next room and do the same thing. And then they run and hide until next time. So, two of my children have described me as some kind of a spirit with long hair coming and interacting with them. The spirit daddy also apparently has friends that have blue eyes and are kids. For the record too, 
This isn't like a family legend that we talk about or anything. After the first occurrence, there was a kind of hush order on the Adaman. We just didn't want repeats or for the kids to have nightmares when they were older. So, if you've made it this far, then thanks for listening and I don't know. I just wanted to see what everyone thinks about my case now that it's happening again. Maybe you can help me figure it out. What it is, that is. Anyway, thanks for listening and hopefully I can figure this out soon. This happened almost a decade ago when I was 13 years old. I remember my friend and I were excited about our first time trick-or-treating without our parents and we lived in a small town where nothing ever happens and so we thought that it would be the same that night. It started like any other Halloween night. We collected candy, ran into many of my classmates and we had a lot of fun. At 8pm we realized that we had to head home but on the way back, we dropped by our teacher's house. She wasn't home and the street didn't have many street lights. But to add to this too, most of the houses had their lights turned off and their Halloween decorations were taken down. My friend and I were slightly spooked and disappointed by the lack of candy. We wanted to get out of the street as soon as we could and that's when a man emerged from under one of the few street lights. But thankfully, it was a police officer. Neither of us seemed to notice him before this, possibly due to the darkness. He startled us, but seemed very friendly. The cop introduced himself and pointed to an inconspicuous bungalow. He said an older man living in this house was inviting trick-or-treaters inside. Someone called the police, but when he arrived, no one was answering the door. He kept telling us his police car and partner were just around the block. We looked around, but we couldn't see them. Now, I was a pretty paranoid kid when I was young. Growing up, my mum loved watching crime shows and she would always tell me tidbits of lessons. One of these was a story about fake cops. Although I don't remember the details, I remembered people can pretend to be police officers to gain trust. But throughout this whole exchange too, I was just terrified for some reason. Maybe it was his lack of badge or police car and partner. Whatever it was though, it just didn't feel right. I was also conflicted because he was smiling and seemed like he just wanted to help. And that was until we heard his strange request. He said that he needed to speak to his potential predator and needed our help. And since we were young girls, the man would answer if we knocked. The officer claimed that he would hide behind the bushes next to the front door. He would wait for him to invite us in, jump out and catch him red-handed. At that moment, I knew my friend felt the same way that I did. We both fell silent, but one of us managed to ask if we could discuss it. The cop said yes, but told us that we had limited time. The street was silent and he could hear everything. I remember the feeling of wanting to say something, but fearing that he would hear us and escalate the situation. We just stared at each other for what felt like forever. The cop was getting increasingly impatient and told us that we had to decide quickly. Around that moment, a family came down the street and noticed the officer. They were coming over to see what was happening and that's when the cop said that he'd be right back and to not go anywhere. My friend and I scrambled to collect our thoughts and we ended up just deciding to run away quickly. 
We sprinted our way down the street and we didn't look back. On our way home, we discussed theories that ranged from him being a fake cop, him playing a prank on us, or him being a real cop, but we just misunderstood the situation. When we told our parents, we downplayed it a lot and doubted our experience. In the end, we didn't call the police, but our dads drove to the house and the area around the house, but no cop cars or police officers were anywhere in sight. Over the years, I can say that I do regret not calling the cops. At the time, my friend and I were just convinced that we misunderstood what happened. We even told our class the next day, and most, including our teacher, thought that it wasn't alarming. But looking back, I find it extremely strange that a police officer would put two children in such a potentially dangerous situation, moreover with their parents not present. And I wonder what his motives really were, but unfortunately, that will probably remain unsolved. So I'm going to preface this by stating that the information I'm about to share with you guys is not fiction. It is in fact my complete and honest recollection of the unexplained experiences I observed in and around the wooded area behind my childhood home. Other people in my family noted much of the same while growing up there and our stories match now that we're all decades older. I'm not saying that I believe in skinwalkers, sasquatches, or any other cryptids, as I'm a man of science. But I cannot ignore the lack of reliable and testable evidence in regards to such creatures actually existing. That being said, something very terrifying and unexplained lived or lives in the woods behind that house. So the first occurrence, my sister and I had just received a tent as a gift from our grandfather. He had smoked enough Marlboro cigarettes and sent in the UPCs to get us a massive Marlboro tent. My mum hated it, but we however loved it and immediately set it up on the property line behind the house. We intended on spending the night out there, but after about an hour or so, we experienced something neither of us can explain to this day. But we saw an indentation drag itself across the tent and heard it dragging as it went. It was like a, a giant finger or maybe a log or something. Something of that size at least. My sister cried out and I immediately bolted outside as I was convinced that it was our father playing a prank on us. Upon exiting the tent, I was greeted by nothing though. There was nothing there. I searched the area briefly too before grabbing my sister and we went inside for the evening. About a week later I ventured out to the tent again only to realize that it was gone. I ran inside and asked my mother where the tent was and she replied that she had thrown it away because it had tears in it. Confused I tried to convince myself that she was lying and she had tossed it out because she was anti-smoking and thought the tent looked really trashy, but I fear that she was telling the truth. The second occurrence was one full morning, about an hour before my alarm went off for school. I was jolted out of bed by what I can only describe was a, an otherworldly shriek. It came from the woods, definitely. It didn't sound human, but it didn't sound quite animal either. 
foxes and coyotes live in those woods, but they don't make those kinds of sounds. I can definitely tell the difference after living there for so long, but it was insanely loud too, and then it just stopped, and that was it. The third occurrence was one evening my father and I were up late having one of our classic all-night arguments. As we finally wrapped up our night around 3am, my father said that he wanted to read a verse from the Bible in order to close on a positive note of peace. As he began to read aloud, that same or at least very similar otherworldly shriek boomed throughout the house. It had to be just outside of the kitchen window, but it was so loud that it almost sounded like it was actually inside the house. We immediately ran around the house trying to find what the heck had made such a sound and it even woke my siblings and my mother up who helped in the confused search. After about half an hour of searching, we eventually just all sort of gave up and went to bed scratching our heads. The fourth occurrence was in my senior year of high school. I actually got a cat around this time. She was an outside cat, but we would let her into the garage to sleep every night, mostly due to the coyotes and potentially bad weather and whatnot. She would always come home before we shut the garage doors, though, because she didn't want to be locked out. And one night, she just didn't show up. I didn't think too much of it, as cats are sometimes known to go on long hunting or mating excursions, only to return like two or three days later, like nothing even happened. And I just assumed that that was the case. But after not seeing her for like a week, I went and explored the area behind my house, the fields and of course the woods, and I think that I found her. I say I think because I honestly couldn't tell. It looked like her, but she'd been seemingly just turned inside out. I stared at the remains for about a minute before turning back and just going home and after that I never did see her again. If you can shed any light on what kind of animal or being or, or whatever you might think this is is then please don't hesitate to share or speculate. My family especially myself I'll admit would really love to know what exactly was in those woods. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.